Hi guys, it's Michelle here. I just want to pop on real fast and say thank you so much for listening. Um, this week we do have a guest, and when that guest came, some kind of spirit happenings, um, either on my side or maybe somebody that didn't close town, a Ouija board as a child properly. Um, yeah, so I, it is two different recordings. I try to piece it together as well as I could. Like I said, I'm, I'm so sorry if it's not perfect. We had such a blast, though, and I really do hope you enjoy this episode and the patience you are giving us. Thank you so much. for having me Vanessa Abigail Lambert here author of my debut novel Cider Mill Coven I'm super excited to share it with you guys of course and the readers this has been a passion project of mine for the last two plus years so it's so nice to get these characters that have lived in my head all this time to finally to share with the world and uh, you know it's been exciting to hear some of the feedback starting to trickle in but Cider Mill Coven is uh, predominantly takes place in New England, which is where I'm from here in Connecticut. And yeah, so it has spooky Connecticut stories to follow. So stay tuned. (laughs) But the story takes place in the 90s because I'm a 90s kid at heart and love all the nostalgia. So I was able to teleport myself back into that decade. And we are with three teenage cousins and uh, kind of navigating their newfound magical life thanks to the help of their eccentric grandmother, Grandma Lydia, who lives on an apple orchard in Connecticut. So there's some spookiness, there's some whimsical quality. Um, I was kind of describing it as a, a hybrid of, say, 90s Sabrina the Teenage Witch, maybe with without the corn. You know, I could appreciate the magic, but not, not super corny, a little bit more grungy. Think 90s black chokers and Doc Martens and things like that, Um, but that it meets the New England charm of Gilmer Girls. Oh, yeah, I think that's really dynamic. Yeah, yeah, so uh, I'd love to hear what you guys thought, because I did share the first six Mm -hmm. chapters with you, so um, yeah. We loved it. (laughs) I loved it. Um, Raven was, well, okay, hey, Grandma Lydia, I want to be her. (laughs) I just like I can't wait until my son has like hopefully grandbabies one day and then I can spoil them because right now I have to be like oh son I have to teach you all these life lessons and I can't let you get away with stuff I cannot wait to have the grandkids I want to be that strange old grandma and (laughs) Olivia is just my like I was like I love her and then of course I love Raven um you know Killian was great and is it Adelaide or Adelaide Adelaide yes um raven like i said earlier she worked in a movie theater i worked at a small movie theater and she's always in her head and i just was like oh like other than the fact of like i was never like a big film buff i mean i love movies but like i Mm -hmm. don't know anything about filming them that's the only part i could relate on but okay 
everything else I really loved. I think the writing style, it really, the way you wrote it, I could visualize everything. I mean, I've never been to New England. I've, Thank you, guys. That, that is honestly, Michelle, that is such a great compliment. So I yeah. really appreciate that. But I loved it. And Kara, if you want to. Yeah, yeah. Prices as well. I, oh, absolutely. So I just ate it up, Nessa, I'm not gonna lie. I was like, I just felt Music so, like, to my ears. <laughs> I, so like, I was young in the 90s, so I didn't really get to immerse myself in that time period like, like I would have liked to have, I guess. But I understand the concept and nostalgia behind it, and it felt so warm to my soul. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember the end of Chapter oh. 6, I literally... I felt like my inner child was just like, just preening. I was just like, this is just feeling so healing for me somehow. I don't know what oh, it was, wow. if it was Grandma Lydia or what. But it was just like, just like the like the, the cousins are gathered. It was just not to get into too, too much yeah, away. But yeah. it was just so precious. And I was like, man, this is really powerful. And I cannot wait to read oh, more. I'm so excited. Oh, my goodness. Oh, well, thank you guys. You zipped through those first chapters. So I can't wait to hear think when you finally start to get into some of the you know the deeper story yeah Yeah. a lot of twists and turns and and I can completely respect your opinion on Grandma Lydia but don't get too comfortable and if you think you got her nailed right from the get-go you are sorely mistaken (laughs) oh Oh, my goodness I love it well maybe I don't want to be her how it goes but you know she's got a long life you know how I've always kind of felt like sometimes senior citizens the the general not to you know blanket statement but a lot of the older you get the less you give a shit you're like I've been here on this earth for 90 years I could get away with murder yeah. well Grandma Lydia man she's got centuries under her belt so you can only imagine the mindset behind being like you just have every liberty to just run amok <laughs> yeah <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I used to volunteer at, like, old folks' home. I know that's not what they're called, but you would meet the sweetest old people, and sometimes you meet one, and you're like, there is no way you ever had a pure soul. <laughs> <laughs> but aren't those the ones you want to sit down and have a cup of coffee with and find mm-hmm. out their secrets? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, grandmother. I had a grandmother who, uh, I don't know if she was ever nice. Some people said she was nice. I don't think she was, but the older I got, the meaner she got. Like, we used to, it's a running joke, it's really bad. We used to say that she's never going to die. <laughs> That's hilarious. We have a joke like that in my family, too. They're going to outlive all of us and live with the cockroaches in an apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> well, we said she was going to march with Satan's army, so. <laughs> wow. Granny, you pulled some stuff. I'm. Uh, we'll have to sidebar this conversation. <laughs> so sisters and things Mm -hmm. like that but being that I went the cousins route in this case 
I was able to get three totally different individuals with totally different upbringings, different, you know, gender identities, different Mm -hmm. sexual orientations, different economic upbringings. So that was such an important part of the role of me being a writer in this case, because I feel like people want to see themselves in characters. And I know now more than ever, Mm -hmm. there's a huge strive in the way that we're welcoming authors and creators and producers and everything from Mm -hmm. different backgrounds because it's so important to see yourself on the screen Mm -hmm. or on a book or in a book um so that's something that was really neat to me well that's what i was going to say i loved here in raven's story and then i was like this is so cool to see like they're still so close they're so different you know you can see Mm -hmm. killian almost as like like a grungy pretty boy type you know and then um, Adelaide is, I don't know, I don't know if I'm picturing her right, but almost like a ditzy, preppy-ish girl. Is that close, you know? Yeah, she's kind of a free-spirited, just, you know, sees gla- the glass half full. Um, right. And mm-hmm. a little naive, but that's kind of what makes her so endearing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I saw her as very impulsive as well. I like that about her. It's mm-hmm. fun. Well, I think that's such an interesting mix of people because honestly, like none of my friends, I would say, are like any of them are the same. Uh, and so I like having that huge mix of like different personalities and stuff because it would just get so boring to read those same characters over and over and who are exactly like. I actually really love witch stuff. My husband always jokes that I'm a witch, and I was like, I wish I was. Like, I wish I was. But um, I have to my popularity of Instagram witches. There's so many ways you can identify as a witch, Mm -hmm. you know, and and just bring it into your everyday life. So by all means, don't let let your husband poo poo Mm -hmm. that. No, no, he says it in, like, a loving manner. He's like, you're a witch. (laughs) Like, in a loving manner. He's not mean about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's so refreshing, too, because nowadays, like I said, with the rising culture of spooky Mm -hmm. people um, and witches and people who enjoy true crime and the paranormal, that it's celebrated, which is so fun and cool because way back, of course, we would be crucified Mm -hmm. for even, you know, my outfit right now, all black, black choker necklace. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, just for, just for yeah. being a woman alone. <laughs> well, exactly. It's great, so Vanessa. It's, <laughs> so it's so refreshing. And that's one of the important elements I wanted to capture in this story mm-hmm. to kind of show that parallel of, um, you know, modern society, of course, 90s, but still modern relative mm-hmm. to the time of the witch trials. And we touch upon that a little bit more as you go on. So, uh, yeah, guys, buckle yeah. up. There's a, there's a lot of stuff going on I'm here. So, so excited. <laughs> sure. yeah. So, I know you said your ebook is coming out in August. Was it August 1st? August 1st. So, yeah. uh, at the time of us recording this, it's pre order, but mm-hmm. it will be officially available August 1st and on. So, uh, you can get that sent straight to your Kindle. Otherwise, paperback and hardcover are also being released in August. I'm just doing a little last-minute quality control checks, making sure artwork is good, no uh, commas out of place or anything. I'm such a stickler for detail. And um, once I have those dates, I will announce it on my Instagram, which is Cider Mill Coven. Yeah. Also, we were talking about earlier, your Instagram is so beautifully curated. Like, oh, honestly, you. everything you've done, and you've done all of this yourself, right? You wrote it, I, you did the I everything, did. right? Illustration and marketing for it as well. Yes, I wow. do. That, that's actually my my main hustle is web design, graphic design, marketing, and all that. So this is wow. definitely well within my wheelhouse, and I have just 
instead of doing work where clients dictate the creative and, you know, give me a list of what they need, I'm just kind mm-hmm. of taking it and running with it. And it's, mm-hmm. it's been so much fun. Yeah. I hear a lot of writers that they, uh, the marketing aspect is one of the most daunting parts mm-hmm. of being an author. And for me, it's been, it's been so gratifying. And then to hear you guys compliment it. Thank you. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it is. It is gorgeous. Absolutely. The aesthetic is great. Thank you so much. And really, and that's part of the aesthetic. There's the buzzword right there, because I'm really trying to make this such an immersive experience. Mm -hmm. And I think you, you guys just in general, I think kind of came on my radar when you shared to your story about the fact that I have a cider milk coven Spotify companion playlist because mm-hmm. the thing is I want to make this as immersive as possible so between mm-hmm. the music which is so it, it transports you back to the 90s just hearing certain music especially if you lived during that time mm-hmm. um, and then of course I do also have a merch collection and I'll be doing pop-up mm-hmm. events throughout mm-hmm. New England so I have really curated a ton of stuff to really capture that mm-hmm. and make it more of just a book, but a lifestyle, dare I say. <laughs> Look, you oh. won me over. I honestly, I didn't know much about, like, your page or anything like that, but I saw, I was like, okay, I'll check out the playlist. I love a good playlist. And even though, like, I am only 31, I did grow up in the 90s, but my sister, like I said, is 14 years older than me. So we were listening to stuff that, like, most four, five, six-year-olds should not be listening to. And so watching watching stuff we probably shouldn't have been watching and everything um, because of my sister. And I have an older brother as well. But I was like, this is such a good playlist. Like, it just hits so many things. that, And that's really what won me over. And then I looked into your page. I was like, oh, my goodness, this is so beautiful. And then, I mean, when you messaged me, I was like, this is so cool. I'm so excited. No, this is this worked out great. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's it's cool, too, because I don't know if you guys watch uh, Stranger Things, but obviously that's set in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And it's so fascinating to me that, like, you know, without any spoiler alert, but running up that hill, that mm-hmm. song, she was an independent artist in the 80s. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure the song did okay back then, but now she's, like, top of the billboard charts, and yeah. it just revived the 80s mm-hmm. in such a cool way. Um, I mean, not to sound like a narcissist, I don't know if Cider Mill Coven will ever get there, but I think I it will. That for the 90s, yeah. the way Stranger Things did for the 80s, and my, I can just die happy. <laughs> yeah. I truly yeah. think this will be something big for you. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I appreciate that. I can never write a book myself, but I am a judgy person when it comes to reading books. Like, me and a couple of friends started a book club, and we have had so many misses. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> we kind of just stopped talking about doing book club meetings. <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of just okay with it. It's like we were just taking turns and none of us had very many hits. So this, sorry, I thought my cat was freaking out. So <laughs> this was something that I truly think could be something huge. I see it like being maybe a TV show or a movie one day too. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. When I say, imagine. Like, well, I'm, let us I'm, not forget the original fans. <laughs> Michelle, I appreciate you. Uh, you know, if it does go as far as it could go, I'm taking you guys with me. <laughs> I really do. So sweet. Like, when I was reading it, I was like, oh, my goodness. You're painting such, like, I could picture the apple orchard. Even in the first chapter when you talk about the kids, and I could picture this barn. And, I mean, my grandma and grandpa, um, we live in the South, so they live in the South. But I just remember being at 
with all my cousins on their 30-acre farm and that feeling of just being, like, free to run around and go crazy. And we really are Raven. Yeah. Who saw um, this all coming? It's kind of serendipitous. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't think my grandma was a witch. I mean, she was really <laughs> well, cool. Is this the mean old granny? Is this no, the she was very sweet. Oh. Okay. Um, nice one. Yeah, she was very sweet. Uh, she was one of those good old Southern grandmas who wanted to feed you and love you, but she would be really stern with you if she needed to be. But she, um, she, and then as she got older, she had gotten Alzheimer's, and then she would get a little sassy with you, but she was never mean unless she tried to take, like, her candy bar away, and then she was ready to fight. Uh, who isn't? <laughs> yeah, so. True, true. But, like I said, I mean, I could picture it. I mean, like I said, it was an apple orchard. It's just, like, a old farm with a tiny little farmhouse. But I just remember running around with my cousins and just being able to be free and playing hide-and-seek and getting in trouble for doing things we weren't supposed to do. Apple cider. Yeah. Yeah. That was so cute. Yeah. Yes, it really was. It really was. Um, and, like, I really, like, like going back to, you know, right up the hill, kind of, like, throwing that back and bringing it back to life. Like, and TikTok has just taken off with it as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, okay. are, are you on TikTok right now? Lisa? I am. My okay. friend was like, you got to get on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it was kind yeah. of a begrudging thing. And then when I went to make the account and they have you scroll for your the year you were born, I was like, I'm going to break this app right now. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I, like I should quit while I'm ahead. And I'm like, guys, I'm not even that old. I'm 34. But it just felt like it this is not meant for me. I felt like the equivalent of when my grandparents or elders were on Facebook and I was like, this wasn't, this was not how this was supposed to transpire. Exactly. So, That's so funny. But um, being that I'm trying to appeal to some younger audience as well, I was like, all right, I got to do it. And it is, it's a, it's a lot of work and there's a lot of content, so it's hard to break through the clutter. Mm-hmm. But right. yeah. Well, I think you hit it both. I think you've got the people who grew up in the 90s, they can find that so relatable. And then you've got... There is this resurgence with the whole 80s and 90s culture being huge again, um, which I love, except for I hate the 2000s culture because low-rise jeans were just honestly dating <laughs> back then, and I can't believe they decided to bring them back. That and the mullet, I just, I can't accept oh, it. The I don't. That oh, never looks good. I don't care what decade. No. You no. You're <laughs> always going to be Billy Ray Cyrus to me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So I think I think you'll get the younger generation who, and I mean I look at it now. I mean everything's so chaotic now, and it just seems like the '90s. And I guess because I was a young kid, I, I know my parents probably didn't see it this way, but it's just so much simpler when you think about it, especially compared to now, where it's just mm-hmm. I know they had their own issues and stuff, but social media, I think I, I think it's a blessing, but I think it's horrible as well. I mean, there's just so much to it, and. You know, people feel like they need to constantly use filters and all this stuff. So I think you've definitely got this younger generation who's loving the idea of simpler times, which you can definitely have in the 90s, you know? Yeah, then, and I think another thing, too, with so many reboots happening, like, let's say, Sabrina the Teenage Witch was mm-hmm. which so much light and levity. And, yes, there was corniness, but that was part of the beauty of what made it fun. Mm-hmm. And then they do the revival, and it's like they're morticians and they're killing each other. Mm-hmm. And it's so dark and and believe me, I do enjoy that. But there's such a drive now for darker, make it darker. And it's, it's like, mm-hmm. let's be honest, man. The world has enough doom and evil. And I just wanted this to be, 
some escapism for people who maybe they're going through some shit at home and maybe things are not looking too hot, but at least if they are turning to the pages, it, it gives them a little way to transport to a, a magical world where, you know, you got family and fun and magic. And like also like, I guess also going back to how big stranger things has gotten and how I can see your, your novel and like your story being able to take off the same way, Vanessa, because it's like you have that vision and it's so clear, it's so crisp that it's just like, I just feel like it's already manifested. You know what I mean? Wow, thank you. That means so much to hear. Thank you so much. Sure, absolutely. I I just watched the master class of the twins who made, who created Stranger Things. I think they're the the Duffer brothers, the Duffer Mm -hmm. brothers. So I I went through that whole process and I mean, it's cutthroat trying to get breakthrough in Hollywood when you don't know anyone. And that's always, even in the publishing world, like, who do you know? Who's an agent? Can you get in touch with? Who, what publisher? And it's, uh, it's an uphill battle, which I think is sad for a lot of creatives, because I'm sure I can't be the only one with an original idea that has mainstream appeal potential. And Mm -hmm. if, if you don't have those connections, I mean, potentially Cider Milk Coven could have been brought behind the barn and shot dead, you know, oh, but yeah. I, have to, I have to keep pushing. I have to keep mm-hmm. doing this. And that's how Coven of One Publishing came to be. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just, I'm going to take this as far as it'll go. So mm-hmm. yeah. that's incredible. Would you ever like a new, are you going to write another book or is this going to be like a trilogy or? I'm, I'm hoping to have a trilogy from this, but mm-hmm. I've fallen in love with these characters so much. So who's to say, I, I don't, I don't want the story to end, but I guess, uh, you know, it really comes down to if it's resonating with readers, Mm -hmm. I could do this all day. I I could talk about Cider Mill Coven until the day I die, you know, but uh, but if I'm there to listen, (laughs) we're we're here when we path. It doesn't take much, you know, to have like at least, you know, to have that spark of belief. That is just such a, a wonderful catalyst, you know, and and we're definitely believers in you, Vanessa. So you do whatever you feel is best for your vision. Um, but I, I can see this going so far. And I, sure. I mean, even just having the smidge that we have to read, I've already been attached. Like, I'm ready to see where your characters go yeah. and, uh, like, see, see so how far we can go into this. I'm so excited about it. Mm-hmm. Well, if you guys don't mind, if you, if you don't want to wait for the release date, then I can get a couple of these copies out to you because I'm going to just end up sitting on them. There, There's a, a maybe a comma out of ways, maybe a bear, B-A-R-E instead of a B-E-A-R that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm refining. So yeah. bear with me, no, you know, and uh, I, I'd be happy to get a, a couple copies oh out. You want to in your hands. I'm also, uh, I have Cider Milk Coven scrunchies, guys. <laughs> Carol, looks like you're rocking that short little do, but you know, maybe you'll do one of those. <laughs> Roll it out an extra couple yeah, inches sure. just so you can grab a scrunchie. <laughs> you're not allowed to wear those. As a friend, I have to step in and say, please don't. sister's friend's name is T 
T-R-Y, and I say Troy. So. It's <laughs> cute. cute. I'm very weird about, and my husband's like, if we have a daughter, we should name her Rory. And I was like, she will not. She will not. How do you discipline a child if you can't even pronounce their name right? You'd be like, <laughs> I told you, southern sound you had so i don't actually hear you that way <laughs> no, you're so fine. Funny. when i get mad it comes out um just a little side note whenever i first met my husband he was like why are you saying bone that way and i was like how am i saying it but my freaking family never corrected me i sound like a cajun and there's nothing wrong with being cajun but i'm not cajun i used to say bone not bone bone i said bone come again <laughs> i was like who Mom, why did you? She's like, I thought it was cute. I was like, it was not. It was ignorant sounding mother. <laughs> why would you not correct me? Anyway, I kind of love that. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I love the eccentricities that people have. So own that. Don't let somebody. Oh, I, I don't say it now because I heard myself say it and I was like, oh my. Like, if you're from like a Cajun area, fully acceptable. Nobody here sounds like that. Nobody. Like we're in a past life. I do have a couple questions for you real fast so yeah sure so we already kind of talked about your inspiration for your book as far as like the 90s and stuff like that is there any um is there anything like is there a special book or even a special movie that exactly other than Sabrina that really just pulled you into wanting to write this book Hmm. you know I think part of what you'll notice about the story is there's there's little nods to a lot of different pop culture references Mm -hmm. because I'm so inspired by many different genres and many different stories. So I can't say that there's one in particular, Mm -hmm. um, but it's kind of like little pieces of a whole, you know, dozens worth of Mm -hmm. things that I would take like, Oh, I love this essence. There's something so charming about this character. What if he was in this scenario and you know what if he had a grandma who was you know so there are some nods to and I I honestly don't even want to say because I don't want somebody to get tunnel vision and only see those characters in a certain way right I welcome all feedback so if you as the reader of course you guys as well if there are any characters that are like oh I sensed a little you know this person from this show or this movie Mm -hmm. was that intentional let's have a conversation because I'm interested to see pick up on that stuff mm-hmm. yeah right right and then as far as your characters uh do you feel like you base them off anybody in your life especially grandma you definitely base the sweet part of the grandma out of somebody in your life there are elements of a lot of my favorite people in the story mm-hmm. and even myself i identify a lot with raven or elements of lydia and um you know there are some situations that like, let's say, for example, my mother inspired part of Adina, which is Raven's mother, but mm-hmm. maybe not so much the less flattering one. So even right. when I shared the story with my mom to read, I was like, oh, please don't take offense. Like, this is character development. This mm-hmm. isn't a reflection of you. Mm-hmm. But no, she totally understood. Right. So definitely took some liberties. But um, even there's a there's a forbidden love story that starts to develop a little bit, um, you know, after where you guys Ooh. left off. And Ooh. that particular storyline, it was inspired a lot by my own, you know, meet cute, I guess you can say, with my husband. And so it was really cool to 
have elements of him in one of the characters and Mm -hmm. then to kind of relive that part of our life a little bit and be able to put that on paper so um yeah, just uh Oh, that's so cool. Oh, that, that is, is really sweet. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. Yeah, so I think, do you have any questions specifically, Carol? Um, I do. I'm, I, I'm, I always have questions, but <laughs> I, I'm curious, like, of the characters that you've written so far, who was, I guess, I guess the funnest to write and also the most difficult to write? I think Lydia in general was the more difficult because she has so many years of life behind her. So I, what I try to do when I'm writing a character is not just to understand the here and now of where they are here in 1995, but I mean, this woman lived through World War One, the 18th century, the 17th century, the Salem witch trials. So trying to really understand her life experience and how that might have shaped her to do the things does or think the way she does that was challenging but rewarding Mm -hmm. um but the most fun to write I would say again is Raven because there's so much of my own inner angst I was able to just get down on paper (laughs) yeah uh gratifying and maybe for even just growing up because we see Raven and she's kind of a loner she's alienated herself from her peers a little bit so you kind of feel for her and I had some of those same scenarios when I was younger so I feel like, hey, maybe, you know, they'll understand my inner mindset a little bit at that time in my life. Um, maybe it'll be a little insightful. Or just to understand what some other people are. Hey, there's somebody sitting in the corner of the room who's not chatting it up with the rest of the like popular kids. Maybe there's something deeper going on and, mm-hmm. and stop to think about, you know, one, including them, or two, trying to get to their level to see what's going on. Right. Gotcha. Well, I will say one person – like when you're talking about like who does it ring, you know who she ring. I cannot think of the name, the main person's name, but uh, ten things I hate about you. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh. Um, 
Yes, that was definitely something I could see. But as far as Daria, I was just gonna ask, like, oh, she's just, and I think like that's my personality. Like I'm, I always say that I'm like a, just a grumpy old man on the inside. <laughs> but like I also <laughs> can put like a positive well, things. But like for everybody else, I'm like your life is beautiful. You're gonna do something great. But in my own life, I'm like ah, it's horrible. <laughs> I love what I love about Daria. She just doesn't give a shit what other people mm-hmm. think. She owns her truth to a flaw. And even if she's the only one standing there, she'd rather be true to who she is. Yeah. Um, did you have any more questions about the book, Kira? Uh, not at the moment. I just can't wait to dive in and yeah. to see where you take these characters. I actually, had, epic. I, know it. I actually had questions like chapter by chapter, but I was like, I don't want to ask you all these questions and then like give away too much of the book because I was that's how like when we do our book club like I'll be like okay well this chapter I have this question and then you know um so I have so many questions but I can't wait until it's released and then we can have you back on again and then we can really delve into like mm-hmm. more of the characters in the book because I want people to have like you know not every I don't want everybody to know what's going on because really you need to buy it you need to support Vanessa right. um all these independent mm-hmm. authors. I mean, it's oh, a great you. thing to write a book. indie authors, indie yeah. creators. Yes. Yeah, I, I always was like, and, I wish. Um, yeah, I'd be happy to come back and, oh. and hang out with you guys again. Maybe it's a spoiler, mm-hmm. you know, warning right. spoilers kind of episode and we can do a deep dive mm-hmm. and, and chat That'd about some really of those cute. things. That'd be oh. really cool, yeah. yeah. So, um, Vanessa, do you want to dive into a creepy story? Ooh, you know I do. I live for this paranormal stuff, so. I'm sure you know I'm up here in Connecticut, so quite a schlep from you guys, but I have been here in the state for a good 15 years or so since I graduated college, and part of what I love about New England is all the spooky history. So Connecticut, where I live, there's a town, um, Simsbury, Weatog, Connecticut, and there's an old tavern slash restaurant that I absolutely adore. First of all, as you know, my name is Vanessa Abigail Lambert, so it's my namesake, but that is not why I love it. Abigail's Grill and Wine Mm -hmm. Bar. This place is phenomenal. Every time I drive by, I tell my husband, I was like, this is going to outlive all of us because they just do such a great job. Awesome prefix, prefix Sunday brunch, which I'm all about. As you'll see in one of my chapters coming up, there's a very, very awesome brunch scene so I can't wait to hear your thoughts on that when you get to that chapter but that's for another time (laughs) yes so they do (laughs) mimosas we got brunch we got dessert and we have some spooky history that lingers on the property so let me dive in this place was formerly Mm. known as yes pettybones tavern it used to be a stagecoach from late 1700s, and it ran between Boston, Massachusetts, and Albany, New York. In 1800, Native Americans burned it to the ground. And then in 1970s, it was reopened as Pettybones Tavern. So in early 2000s, there was a fire on the property. So mind you, it's 2022. This isn't that that many years ago. For whatever reason, the sprinklers were not hooked up to the alarm, so they did not find out until the morning. By the time the owners had come to arrive, they discovered Mm. what happened. There was so much damage. It was just irreparable. 
And, you know, that's something that you'll mm-hmm. notice a lot, especially even in New England properties, these mysterious fires. Um, you know, there's history in one of my favorite towns, mm-hmm. Mystic, Connecticut, Stowe, Vermont, two towns I focus on in Cider Mill Coven, that there are historical properties that have burned to the ground, and especially if there's a history of Native American fires from earlier times. Is that coincidence or is it part mm. of the heritage? You know, who am I to speculate? But that's that's a conversation that uh, we could have another time. <laughs> so Abigail Pettibone is the namesake <laughs> of the restaurant. She is the historic figure that is the ghost said to haunt the tavern. Um, she supposedly, this is, you know, based on, I did some research. There's some information from the Sainsbury Patch. Um, and some other local sources that say she was wife to a whaling captain and the captain was often at sea. It didn't seem like they had the the strongest of relationships because he was gone so frequently. So one evening, he returned early from a journey and found Abigail in bed with her lover. Legend has it that the captain murdered Mm. Abigail and the young man with an axe and their restless souls still haunt the establishment. Now, I've been, uh, clearly, I've been here many, many times, and I've spoken to, whether it's people who work there, friends, friends of friends, and I've never heard about the young man spirit, so I haven't heard any firsthand encounters, but I have heard many firsthand encounters of experiences with Abigail herself, so I'm going to share some of those with you. So Mm. over the years, dozens of patrons have reported ghostly activity, spooky occurrences such as candles relighting after they've been blown out, cold drafts emanating from behind lit fireplaces, and voices calling the names of patrons or employees, which is creepy. You know, you're you're in the company of the people you're sitting at a table with. Mm, so horrifying. Hear your voice. I know they're small, so it doesn't seem like they're terribly menacing, um, but still, I just think the idea of it is... Ugh. So anyway, also <laughs> a fire hazard. Yeah, candles well, yeah. relighting. So uh, I've heard some firsthand stories where friends have been using the second story bathroom. Now this space was supposedly Abigail's old bedroom, which, if that if legend is true, is potentially where she was murdered. Uh, my friend was washing her hands, and she was alone in the bathroom. She knew this for certain. And the towel dispenser, which is motion activated, started going off, dispensing paper towels over and over and over. And there was just, they were falling to the floor and she was looking around. There was nobody there. So she got the hell out of there. (laughs) And she's not the kind of friend who would, you know, make up a tall tale or anything (laughs) like that. She's a very, very um, trustworthy person. Mm -hmm. And another friend of mine, her daughter told me a story and she was, she's a very stoic type person so she's not one to embellish by any stretch she told me that when she was i think it was high school graduation they went for a celebratory dinner and now mind you this is 15 20 years ago and she told me this story as if she was recounting it from last week she was washing her hands again so a recurring theme here washing her hands in the upstairs bathroom (laughs) And she had her back to the egg, to the entrance exit, you know, um, again, alone in the restroom. 
and she saw a young woman materialize behind her wearing olden style garb, clearly not of this century. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine? Mm. You're just minding your mm. own business. You think it's just I got that's kind of yeah, it's like one of those Bloody Mary type things, which I know you guys just covered on your Spooky Games episode. Mm-hmm. I don't play that. I do not. I will never say. Right. I, like the fact that I even said it Mm-mm. once, I'm like, I have to watch myself. <laughs> but super <laughs> horrifying. <laughs> Again, Abigail mm-hmm. herself is yes. not known to be a menacing spirit that she doesn't bring ill will but the just the idea of it that it's like you're vulnerable you're there by yourself i mean how imagine you're in the bathroom stall with your pants down (laughs) talk about the phrase caught with your pants down (laughs) when are you more vulnerable than that um so those two stories definitely stuck with me and i am just a very curious person i have such a fascination about the paranormal hence why i'm here with you guys and uh, so it's a it's a conversation I've had with a lot of friends, a lot of people, especially when we're on site dining here at the restaurant. So one night I was there, it was pretty late. We were kind of closing mm-hmm. down the place. And one of the employees overheard us talking about the haunting. And they offered us a private tour of the attic. So, of course, I jumped at the opportunity. My The people I was at the table with, mm-hmm. they were like, oh, all right, mm-hmm. I guess. And so I'm... I go up with the, the waitress and I'm in the front of the group and I'm just like, Abigail, we, we mean no harm. And I just feel this, this like soul connection to her story. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because we share a similar name um, or just because I can understand how horrifying it must have been to be in this loveless marriage mm-hmm. with somebody that you feel trapped with and yeah. just searching for somebody to share even a second of joy mm-hmm. with. Um, it just must be really painful for her. So I just wanted to let her know I meant no ill will and I'm here if you want to break, break through to me. Um, but I, I did, I didn't experience anything. Oh, I guess I'm going to have to hit the bathroom. (laughs) I want to have an encounter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm recording of my Ouija board experience. Did that come through when you were listening back to some of the tapes? Mm -hmm. No. Okay. Why don't I share that a little bit wow. just so that way in case in case we need to just use that by as a standalone, which is fucking creepy. Okay. And I'll yeah, tell you what good. too, because sure. I'm I'm <laughs> so fascinated by all of this, but I don't play around with it. I don't ever try to taunt anyone. There's um there's some stories where there's legends in Connecticut, there's legends all over where if you go to a space and they're like respect it do not take anything do not leave do not even so much as kick a rock Mm -hmm. out of place and i am always always very cognizant of that because i don't want any bad juju following me home so there's a spot in connecticut uh, Mm -hmm. i forget i i should have looked this up but i forget the name of the place but it's an old um like a foresty type of property where it is forbidden for trespassers Mm -hmm. to come here and a, a friend of mine way back told me a story of how when they were kids in high school, they went and of course they think they're invincible. So they're messing around. One of the guys took an artifact from the mm-hmm. property against his better judgment. And not a week Ooh. or two later, he got into a tragic car accident and the shit was still in his trunk and he Ooh. did not, he did not make it. 
Oh my gosh. I think that is wow. one of the most horrifying things. So last, uh, maybe right before the pandemic, I took my hubby away for a milestone birthday. We went down to Hawaii and we were at Halikala National Park on Maui. And it's beautiful. It's like mm-hmm. you're transported mm-hmm. to another planet because the elevation is so high. It almost feels like a Mars type feel with all the red, um, you know, the landscape and everything. Mm. You're in the clouds. And there were old legends yeah. that people would take rocks or little, whatever it is, little stones, little chachis that they found on the ground. And then a week, two weeks, a month, a year later, they started having an odd series of bad luck. And they would send that shit back to the park. Mm. Like, please relieve me of this burden. So I, we were taking pictures and I looked over and I saw my husband pick up a rock. I was like, that needs to go back on the ground. Like, do not, do not. We, we live a nice life here. Why play with fire? Yeah. So thank goodness we did that. Cause I was like, I am not traveling back mm-hmm. home with that shit. Um, but so way back. No, no. Yeah. I, um, I just think the whole thing is so fascinating. And while I'm intrigued, I don't want to mess around with it because I I respect the things that I don't understand, but from a distance. (laughs) So I hope my recording goes through and this alone is not a disrespect. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I guess time will tell. You let me know if this um, this Mm -hmm. all panned out for you guys. I hope so. Uh, One of of the other... Um, stories I wanted to share with you guys was that when I was younger we had purchased a Ouija board I don't know what my mom was thinking Mm -hmm. approving this purchase we were at like KB toy store I couldn't have been older than maybe like 10 11 my sister was only a year younger than me and we come home with this this box and open her up and we're kind of messing around a little bit but it's just two of us so I didn't think it was really going to work for only two people So that weekend, we wait for my cousin to come, and she was two years younger than me. So we're just these young, just naive kids messing around with the Ouija board. And (laughs) we ask it a couple questions, and it comes back that the man inside the board, his name is Rich. He tells us that he died driving his car off of a cliff, and then as it's moving and I'm like I'm not moving it you know like the commercial I'm not moving it I'm not moving it and it's like I know I'm Mm -hmm. not moving it but are they messing around to this day to this day I I insist Mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't do it and they do as well but I don't know I mean fess up Regina Natalie somebody own up Mm -hmm. (laughs) after all this time (laughs) we were so spooked at the whole thing Mm. that I ended up talking to a friend and she was like oh I'll take the board you know I'm not afraid of that stuff and she told me that she had an experience with somebody named Rich trying to communicate with her and I was just like this is blowing my mind Mm -hmm. right now so does the does the spirit stay with the board (laughs) is she just you know making shit up to to scare me so I can't say for sure. Jess, <laughs> if you're listening, please come clean. Mm-hmm. I need to know. <laughs> um, so yes, as an adult, I would never play. I Did you tell know. Jess about Rich? I, I think we may have mentioned. I don't remember if we said the name. I feel like we might have. Oh, 
Because I didn't mm-hmm. think she, you know, I haven't experienced or anything. I didn't think that this was going to be a recurring theme. Right. But <laughs> if I could go back in time. Mm-hmm. I, I just wonder, like, if that's, like, a common thing. Mm-hmm. Like, if, know. like, it's common for, like, a board to, like, if, like, a spirit attaches to a board, you know? And, like, mm-hmm. it just passes along and people are like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. the same kind of spirit's trying to reach out. But no one can help it because they're kind of well, freaked out the, the whole experience. Like, exactly. I don't know. Especially that it was already invoked that it's like, oh, I, I'm going to attach myself to this because I have a chance of communicating. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would. If I broke mm-hmm. through to somebody, I'd be like, I'm just going to sit tight here for a minute and see if anyone else comes around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that would be the way to go, you know, just to sit tight for a little bit. And what Do you else know can if you, you guys do? said goodbye? I think I know the answer to that, and I just crap myself. <laughs> oh my god! Wow, that is a long time ago. But I don't. I honest to God, don't think that that was even a thought in our stupid, naive little heads. Wow. Well, it's Rich. He's well, the one who does up our recordings. I know. Thanks a lot, Rich. Rich, get out of here, man. <laughs> intervened with the Zoom gods, so here we are on a new app. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> he says, darn this technology. But, um, I mean, that's that would be interesting if it was just because you didn't say, like, a farewell to him. If he was, like, petty and, like, no, nah, I'm going to stay with you <laughs> this whole time. Yeah. Well, I mean, they say that if you don't close a board properly, then a spirit will follow you. I, as an adult, I, this is a fact I'm well aware of. But now that you've asked me, I, I think, <laughs> no, I don't think we ever did that. I mean, is it is there a statute of limitations on hauntings and spirits? I don't ever. I will say I've never had a firsthand paranormal encounter where I have seen anything firsthand. I felt like I've seen things in my peripherals, but I've never had an experience like that. So I don't feel like I've had this ongoing haunting for the last 25 years of my life. Thank goodness. Mm. <laughs> That's good. Right. Yes. Very good. It's a relief. Well, Vanessa, as you <laughs> have you on here for your, our second time, we're so excited that you came again. Um, like, again, if, if there's any sound quality issues on this episode, guys, I'm sorry. We have had a blast doing it, and it's not even perfect. We are a beginner podcast, and I love talking to Caro, and Vanessa's been just such an awesome guest to have. So we just want to say thank you, and we will scare you later. Hear you later.